Two-time Super Bowl veteran Anthony Dorsett Jr. gives us a glimpse into the life of a single-parent dad. Every sector of our lives is pretty much pretty much under construction. Family under construction. Career under construction. Relationships under construction. Emotions I know mine live under construction. Finances under construction. We might as well be under construction together. Welcome to Under Construction with your girl Tamar Braxton. Now y'all, I am so overjoyed right now. Like, I couldn't wait to get back on this microphone. All right, so last week while celebrating our 2020 Thanksgiving, I decided to go into reflection mode and truly take account of all of the things that I'm thankful for. And somewhere after my life, my son, my peace, y'all, I gotta tell y'all, my eyes got a little misty as I thought about all of the ways in which I am under construction. And then my thoughts led me to you. And in that moment, I realized that I never said thank you. Y'all, my little heart was so full of conviction because y'all just don't know how much it means to me to have you on this journey with me. It's one thing to get up here and just talk, but this show is truly therapeutic for me. And it's my hope that it's healing, entertaining, fun, and real for you too. Because y'all, we are all in this thing (laughs) of building, growing, and learning together because we're all under construction, right? Okay, okay, okay. Well, let me go ahead and tuck my little Pisces emotions away and reclaim my excitement about today's show because I've really been looking forward to chatting it up with two-time Super Bowl veteran, Anthony Dorsett Jr. about his life as a single parent dad and that's what we're going to be discussing today on The Blueprint. But first, it's time for me to give my take on COVID weight. Would y'all believe me if I told y'all I gained over 40 pounds over the course of this year? Well, let me tell you this. Whether you believe it or not, as I'm not going to confirm or deny anything, what I will say is this. I did not sit around and act like I had noticed a few pounds I'd been toting around. So here are some of the things I did to get back to a body I recognized. Okay, first things first, I had to put the fork down. (laughs) I mean, listen, it don't matter whether it was bread, rice, protein. No, anything (laughs) that is excessive has to cease. And that was my relationship with the fork. Yes, we were going together. That was my boyfriend, the fork. I was its girlfriend. And we had a very emotional, amazing, magical moment together. Okay, so that's first. Second, I started to do the things that I did before COVID, which for me was cycling. And then I got a personal trainer. So if you want to equate that as, Going hard, yes, I went hard because I had a whole food baby in my belly that was full term and it had to go, okay? And I know for a lot of people who are listening, you're just not motivated to work out because you don't have your, you know, regular workout surroundings around you, but it really is a personal choice. You have to really be tired of being fat, (laughs) And I was like, and, and let me tell you something. It's some, it's some real trickery going on because we are around here in our pajamas. Everybody's wearing sweats. 
You know what I'm saying? Nobody wearing no jeans. We ain't going nowhere. So, you know, you ain't got to get cute, cute. No, these sweats <laughs> are elastic and stretchable. It's not real. It's a farce. Okay. So if you don't know whether you've been gaining weight or not, go upstairs and put on a pair of jeans. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to tell you the truth. All right. And that just brings me to all of the holiday eating. Now, I know that I went so hard on Thanksgiving. Y'all ate so much. And I didn't feel bad about it because, you know, I allowed myself that day to go all the way in. I called myself always dieting like the week before Thanksgiving just to give myself a little leeway. (laughs) You know, to eating good and not feeling bad about everything, you know, that I ate on Thanksgiving. And... I don't know, for some reason this year I tried it, but my little juice diet didn't work. <laughs> like, I felt like I ate seven days up until Thanksgiving, and then I went on, went ahead and had everything I needed in my life to start fresh like I'm doing now because everybody's on semi-lockdown now. I can't come back out here with another food, baby. That ain't it. That's not hot. So I want to hear about (laughs) y'all food journey in quarantine. Tell me about how many pounds you gained. Tell me about what you did to lose them. Are you losing them or are you still on the COVID get fat diet? I want to hear from you. Now, y'all already know what to expect during Tamar Takes. All facts. And don't be mad at me. Don't at me. This is just how I see things. Okay. And today, this was my take on COVID weight. All right. I'm going to keep it a thousand thousand. All right, y'all. Now, it's time to tap into that keep it a foul foul inbox and pull out a few questions for your girl. Now, let's see what we got today. Okay, question one. Hey, Tay. I want to know, what is one of your go-to beauty secrets? Like, what is that one thing that you can always count on to keep your skin looking flawless? Oh, let me tell you. This is something that we underestimate, okay? One of my favorite beauty secrets is drinking water. I'm telling you that thing will clear your skin. All right. Like you get pimples, clear it up. You get a little like discoloration, clear it up. I'm telling you water, that thing is the magic wand sometimes. So that's my favorite beauty secret. Question two. Dear Tamar, what would you say is the one thing that people misunderstand most about you? Oh my God, I hate this question. (laughs) I think the main thing that people misunderstand about me is that I am a thousand percent turned up (laughs) all the time. I'm loud and boisterous and messy and ridiculous and dumb. And (laughs) that is the total opposite about what I would say that I am, you know, I do have a good time with my friends and we do cackle, honey. And we do have a good loud cackle a lot because I'm here for, you know, the shits and giggles. I like to laugh. (laughs) You know, I like to make jokes. Um, I like to be a hundred percent real, but in that same token, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I think that who I was and what you guys saw on reality television is the complete opposite of really who I am in real life. So I think that's what's most understood about me. 
But it's all good. Well, I hope that answers all your questions. And remember, if you guys have something that's on your heart that you may want my take on, because you know I'm going to always keep it a thou thou, email me at ucwithtamar at gmail.com. This, this is the blueprint. Come on, y'all. Let's go. The old saying, like father, like son, is more than a cute parallel for Anthony Dorsett Jr. He's always admired his father, Tony Dorsett, an NFL Hall of Famer and Dallas legend. But to Anthony, he didn't only acquire his dad's name, looks, and talent. He captured the essence of what it means to be a father. And he's passing those family heirlooms onto his six-year-old adorable son, Hawk. Today, Anthony joins us to share his blueprint to being a single parent from the man's perspective. Welcome to Under Construction, Anthony. Man, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're a single father. Your son is six years old. Yeah, he turns six August 14th. What happened with you and the baby mama? Was she your wife or your girlfriend? No, we were, we've been friends for multiple years. Actually, over 20 plus years I've known his mother. Um, and uh, it was one of those type of things where it was, I've never been married before. Um, so I actually had a kid out of wedlock. I mean, that's okay. No judgments here. <laughs> no oh, judgment no, no. on the construction. I'm a product of that as well as, you know, a lot of other people that we know, especially in the minority yes. in the black community as well. So there's, there's nothing to be ashamed about at all. Your son's mom is present, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's present. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so no, I have true 50-50 cousins. You co-parent. Yes, we co-parent. Oh yeah, so I'm sorry. Maybe I was misunderstanding the question. Yes. Yes. yes no. She's she's not she's not deceased or anything like that. We're just not together. You know what I mean? So that's how I became a single father. Yes, okay, I'm sorry. got it. So how does that work from your perspective? Because you know, I I do pride myself on being a good baby mama. I really do. Like for real. Like I don't give my my son's fathers. <laughs> Did I say plural? I'm speaking that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> My son, father. <laughs> Any problems? You got something you ain't telling us? No, no. I'm too single for that. <laughs> it's not fair. It's like desert storm. <laughs> yeah, I don't give him any problems. Like, I actually encourage him to date, you know? How does that work? Like, do you have a significant other? Does she have a significant other? Is that difficult? What I don't do is I don't get in her business. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we don't do that to each other. You know what I mean? And so... What we do is we put our son first and like, and that's where we're supposed to be. Anything else, like anyone that she's seeing or anything else like that, I'm sure that you'd be in the same situation anyone that your ex is seeing. You would just want to make sure that they have the best interests of your child at hand. Uh, you want to make sure that, of course, you know, she knows the people well enough to even bring them in front of your kid or, you know, in my situation, my kid. And um, you, you just do your best to stay in your lane. Now, if it's something, that, yeah. I guess, that looks out of pocket or out of ordinary, I'm sure that you would step in and say that doesn't look right. But yeah, so it hasn't been as difficult as some people might think it would be, especially when you put the kids' interest first in, in, in their heart more than anything. Yeah, that's true. I actually called my son's father my cousin because oh, wow. <laughs> because we made it such a family you know, um, oriented situation when it comes to my son. Every He's first, period. How old is your child? My son is seven years old. Right. Those early ages, it's really hard to like, well, it has been for me to just get into a relationship. My mother raised me as a single parent and I tip my hat to her all the time. And it was just certain things that I didn't see and I did see growing up. So like, it was never a situation where there was random men around. I never went to bed with a man in the house. Or it, it actually took me to get to college 
to actually go back to her and ask her, like, yo, did you ever get any booty doing that whole time you was raising me or anything? Like, because, you know, like, I can't say it enough, but she put me before everything. And um, yeah. so in my movements, anytime that I've dated a woman who was a single parent, you know, it was just certain ways that I moved as well, because just out of respect for that kid, it's just certain- so give me some of them tips. Like what did like how you move? Like what? Well, you know, like what you so, do? So with me, like I mentioned before, my mother really didn't seem like she dated a lot as I was growing up. So I could tell you on one hand, the amount of dudes that I might have met, and you know what I mean? Right. And, and And this was like. Until I went to school and my mother didn't get married until I was actually in college. So, you know, that gives you a framework of how she actually did things. I didn't meet people in the past. If I've dated a young lady that was a single parent as well, I wasn't in a hurry to and out of respect. Not, I, I didn't need to meet your kid right now. If I'm not going to be that person that's going to be consistently around or anything else like that, like it's cool for me to have the meeting but as far as like just being around your child and i'm not going to be an influence in that life at an early age it's too impressionable what's a good time zone to 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 decipher when you meet the kid yeah so like for me and i think that every situation is going to be different and you know like you know you've been in enough relationships to tell like you you know when you have that click with the person and you actually feel like okay this is this is something a little bit more than the superficial stuff that i've been around you know, and so it, I think that every opportunity is going to present a different time if, if, if it actually presents itself at all. For me, I, I have 50-50 custody of my son, you know, and so I'm very selfish with him. And so for me, it's been one of those type of situations where, like, I don't date a lot because I eat him up as much as I can when I have him. I don't, I'm not ready to share him because I'm already sharing him in that way. And yeah. so, like, if you deal with the custody thing like I do, it's it's a situation that you can actually never prepare your heart for every week. You know what I mean? It's the same heartbreak going in and out the weekend, waiting for it to see him again, talk to him again, or whatever the case may be. You know, it's it's changed up some things with me. I call my son the game changer. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. So let me ask you a question. What kind of a father are you? I'm an out loud lover. I have no shame in the way that I love my son or anything else like that. I think that we all, when we have a chance to become parents, you know, regardless of how good our parents were, we love from a place of what we might have didn't get or what we might have wanted. That being said, like, I love my little boy. And I tell him every day, all day. I've been fortunate enough to be around some other single fathers in my family and watch them and do stuff. And I used to watch my cousin braid his daughter's hair. Like this started when they were babies. And then I have another cousin who just passed away, like actually like about a month ago, who was a single father from basically day one and raised his son. And, and, And I've been surrounded by good male role models, strong men. For me to to take on the role and, and to be able to do it, it wasn't something that was hard for me to do. I, I, I wanted to. You know, it's, it's been good. With you and your dad, your dad being an NFL Hall of Famer and a huge Dallas legend, you play football too. So let me ask you a yes. question. Was there a pressure? Did your dad put pressure on you to play football? Nah, not at all. Was he strict my, with you? Yo, my dad wanted me to be a boxer. Yo, really? Yo, my dad used to tell me <laughs> I had the face to be a boxer. He said, yeah, you got the bone structure. I'm like, what are you trying to say? I'm ugly? Like, I look like I need to get punched in the face? But um, my dad's favorite athlete growing up during that time, of course, was Muhammad Ali. You know what I'm saying? And Muhammad Ali was just more, he was far more than an athlete. He was a great man as well. But there, no, there was never any pressure. My dad tried to keep me out of football. And then when I... 
started playing, he actually wanted me to play quarterback. He was like, look, you need to play a position that's like the, the premier position and one of the most protected positions on the field. So, you know, it transpired from that. I was always very athletic as a kid. And so, you know, I played a little bit of everything when I was on the football field. So would you raise your son to be a football legend too? Actually, I, I want my son to play baseball. I noticed that two years old, I was able to toss the ball up in the air and he was picking it up and hitting it out the air at two, three years old. So I got him in the other room right now. And what he's doing, he's into dinosaurs and wild crats and any type of animal. I've learned more about animals with him than I probably knew my whole life. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so the push is to raise a well-rounded young man, you know what I'm saying? And let him mm-hmm. pick the sport that he wants to play. And um, it's, there's no pressure at all. Okay. Well, I would think that you would raise your son to be like a huge NFL star. I mean, because that's just who you guys are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought I was going to the NBA at one time. I really thought when I was younger that I was going to be an NBA player and um, just do some different stuff. Once you get bit by that football bug, it's something a little bit different. And, of course, having the last name Dorsett, I'm from a small town outside of Pittsburgh called Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. And uh, we've put out some of the best football. (laughs) Aliquippa. Yeah, she was an Indian queen back in the day. And they named the city after her. Long story short, man, uh, yeah, we come from a football town. My dad is a Hall of Famer. Mike Dick is from the same town. My cousin Ty Law just became a Hall of Famer about a year ago. Um, And then just to mention a gang of other players from the area, Sean Gilbert, Darrell Revis. This is one township that has produced all these people. Wow. Right, okay. The the high school from my hometown. They got about 300 students in the whole school and they play 4A football, which would be in, in upwards of thousands of students in the school. So they only got like 100 men in the school, 150 male students in the school alone. So where we come from is just steel mills, hard, hard workers. You know, we just breed a different type of person and we we grind a little bit different where I'm from. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of football from one teeny weeny little town. Curtis Martin, Dan Marino. I'm talking about... Curtis! Yes. Hey, yeah. (laughs) So let's get back to you. Okay. (laughs) Because I feel like you holding back a little bit. And the great thing about under construction, it is the place where you feel safe. It is the place where, you know, whatever you want to say, you can say it. No one's going to judge you. But we do want to know what's going on. (laughs) Understood. Why are you single? You got all, you checked all the boxes with the S, okay? Single, sexy, successful. Like, why? I'm not married. You know what I mean? And so now it's a situation with my kid. I've been trying to find that balance, you know, and, and, and it's tough to actually find that balance. I waited late to have kids. Most people, kids that, that are my age, their kids are growing in school or whatever. Tell and me so, about it. Tell right, me and, about and, it. It's and a so, struggle. <laughs> yeah. And, and so so then, you know, you know, the struggle, like I'm not going to defend myself while I'm putting in so much time with my kid. If a woman is going to be jealous in any kind of way or making it be an issue. You know what I mean? So like like I said, I, I've been trying to find that balance. I haven't put myself out there. You've had a woman that you were dating, jealous of the time that you put in with your kid instead of with her? I, I've heard a number of different things. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know if it's actually jealousy. I don't know how else to, to define it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but like I said, I, I make no excuses about that. I make none at all. And I'm very defensive, and I'm sure you are when it comes to your kid. When you're dealing with an adult who is an adult and you have to 
talk about something that you're doing for a child that you take care of, that you have to feed, that that needs that. You know, it's it's a totally different situation at this point with a kid and with a grown woman. Yeah. But the the balance is the hardest thing. Like I said, it's hard to share him. I'm stingy right now. I don't. I'm not lying about it. And and I've had to explain that to people. But me and my son, we talk about it. And I let him know that he's going to have to meet somebody. And he, my son wants me to. He's like, Daddy, okay. I was going to say that he's six. So the conversations are probably very interesting. Like, Dad, when you're going to have a wife or something like that? Or when am I going to have a sibling? Does he have siblings on his mom's side? No. Like, so it was a, we've talked about that. Like, of course, one day he came to me. He was like, I want a little brother. I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? And so, like, the first time you hear, you act like you don't hear it. You know, <laughs> like right. we, talk, we, we talk about something else. Yeah. You know, I asked him, I said, do you ask your mom that same stuff too? Do you bring that up with her? See what she's going to tell you to do. See what she's going to do for it. I think the difference is that his mom is in a relationship. So he sees his mom with somebody else. And so maybe he wants to see that from his dad. You know, I think that our kids worry about us. They're young, but they ask us these questions because they don't want us to be alone. And I also believe they don't want us in their face all the time. <laughs> Although we feel guilty about like not being with them all the time, they really don't want that. I have an only child too, and I thought that you know I have to hover him all the time and be around him and play with him and entertain him. He don't really want that. He want me to go off. So let me and- tell you, I was the only child. All right. And so, uh-huh. yeah, so like. Oh, how did you feel? Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I was the only child. So, I, you know, I've, I've been through this, you know, and everything else like that. And so I've I've seen it firsthand as well. Yeah. You gain so much independence at a young age, being the only child, you know what I'm saying? And then, of course, the level of maturity and the responsibility that you're going to put in your kids is going to be totally different, too, as well. Because unless there is another man in the house, he will actually start to assume the role. Like my mom used to say I was her daddy all the time. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. Yeah. So being being from that and seeing it, I will tell you this. As you go through the process of doing it, never, ever doubt yourself in any kind of way that you can raise a strong young man. You know what I'm saying? You, black women in general, my mother is a great example of it. You can raise the most successful young man that you want to. You know what I'm saying? Just pour into him. I was going to say something earlier, and I mentioned the good guys that were around me. And I had a friend of mine who owns a uh, foster care home. And he has three of his own children. And he has so many foster kids as well. One day I asked him, like, when I knew that I was going to have my kid. And I was just like, man, you've been father to yours and a father to so many others. You know, what would be the most important thing that you could tell me to do with my kid? And he just said, man, just confirm your love. Just make sure that your son knows without a shadow of a doubt that daddy has his back, daddy loves him. You know, he said, you got time to make him tough. You got time to turn him into an athlete. Just make sure that he understands that you're in his corner without a shadow of a doubt. And I come from a family that loves out loud. You know, me, my uncles, my cousins, you know, and like everybody's played ball. You know, we got big guys in the family, but we've never been the type of dudes like, hey, I love you, cuz. I love you, um." You know, and, and it's just the way that we've always been for each other. So it's definitely helped in raising this little boy. Yeah, that's beautiful. So you don't have daddy guilt at all. You don't experience that. What's daddy guilt? What's daddy guilt? Well, I, I don't know what daddy guilt is, but I can tell you what mommy guilt is. Mommy guilt is when you feel guilty for leaving your child or leaving your child to, let's just say, go out on a date. 
Oh, yeah. Right? Or if you start seeing somebody like, oh, I think I'm spending too much time with da-da instead of, you know, my kid. Or I work too much. I'm not home enough. I need to be home more than, you know, I am doing other things. So that's mommy guilt. Do you have daddy guilt? Yes. I mean, I don't separate him a lot from anything that I'm doing. But um, I try to take my kid everywhere I go with me, if he's with me. You don't you know take your kid on no vacation now. I hope I haven't. Don't tell so. Me. Yo, I haven't been on a vacation in forever, and since the what? since since the pandemic started, I've only I've only traveled like a couple times since the whole thing started. Like I've been this whole thing, I've I've, I've had people close to me get it. I, I've seen it firsthand, and um, yeah. you know it's it, it's made me move a little bit different. You know, um, I haven't taken him on no vacation. <laughs> I haven't been on a vacation. Man, that's terrible. You need to get out here and live. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you do have daddy guilt. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're not dating. Yeah. No. Everybody was probably thinking something was wrong with you. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with them? I'm telling you. And and so, from that standpoint, like, yeah, because I guess as people, we define ourselves to so many different things that we do. You know, and at like one point in time, you were entertaining. Now you feel like you're a mommy. You define yourself as a mommy more than now anything. Being a dad has given me more purpose than anything. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I thank God for my little boy. Like, the, uh, the yeah. timing was perfect. The love is incredible. The relationship is 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 just one of the best things. And 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 he's a great little guy. Oh, I think that is so sweet. Your your DMs about to be on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trust me. Oh when I God. first when I first had my kids, I had a girl tell me like if I would have knew you was making babies like that, I would have gave you one a long time ago. Lord God. Yeah. The thirst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Just all, all types of stuff. Because like I said, I waited late. Yeah, I'm sure everybody was waiting for me. My, my whole family, I'm the oldest grandchild on my mom's side and the last one to have kids. So everybody was waiting on me. We're speaking to my boy, Anthony Dorsett Jr. And we'll be right back. We're back into the blueprint, chatting it up with Anthony Dorsett Jr. about being a single parent dad. So do you think as a single dad, it's easier to date a woman with a kid than a woman without a kid? Wow. So I've heard more stories about this than I've seen it firsthand, of course. And some of my buddies who have either dated girls who had kids around the same age, if they're not being raised the same way or have seen the same things, it becomes like like a conflict in certain ways. I go back to what I said earlier. I think every situation is going to open up a different opportunity in some kind of way. For me, growing up, not having a kid for so long, I dated more girls who had kids before I ever did. And so now that I waited this late to have a kid, and I haven't been like out there like that, so unfortunately, I, I can't I can't give you the best answer for that. So what would you prefer right now if you were dating? Let's just say you met like an amazing woman. Would she have a kid already or would she not? I am actually seeing someone. That being said, is it better to have a kid or not have a kid? It goes both ways, to be honest with you. Because number one, it's like this. If you if you never had a person who's actually been around a kid and at that point knows how to deal with it like, like a young child, on a daily basis. Uh, They may not have the patience and understanding, you know, so I would definitely think that having someone that has more of a background with the child, especially this late in my life, is more of a benefit than anything. I think that uh, 
It has to be that type of situation because, like, if you if you can't understand what we're dealing with as parents, yeah. that's where you get the whole thing about where's that time and why are you doing this yeah. and everything else like that. You know, so someone who's seen it and actually experienced it and been through it a little bit helps out. Yeah, you know, I think for me, like. I dated somebody that didn't have a kid and I found that it was more difficult. Number one, I felt like I was always explaining why I couldn't be a part of everything that was going on in their lives. I could not go on vacations all the time. Sorry, pumpkin. I could not hang out with you all weekend. I can't spend a night, which I can't do none of that. You know what I'm saying? I have a kid. And I think for me that caused more problems because I just... You can't explain Yo, so <laughs> why hard. I'm choosing my kid. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Willis? Like, yeah, and- no, I can't. I, I got to go to bed because I got to get up and go to soccer practice. Sorry. Right. You know what oh, I'm this, saying? Like, this, they I don't get it. I can't hang out with you this weekend because my son got a game here. He got something to do for school. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case may be. Especially if you're dating a person that say may work a regular nine to five job or something like that. And they got those particular hours. They look for those weekends. Oh, we're going to kick it on the weekend. Well, you got a little kid. Yeah, but do you invite her to come? Do you invite her to go to the games? So, no. Why? Well, number one, I really just didn't invite a lot of people to the games. I was keeping everything so close to the cuff and everything else like that with my son because the notoriety that he gets already. You know what I mean? Number two, like, sometimes I'm coaching and I'm not going to be that guy that's going to be at the game. Talking to you if you come to the game while my son is playing, you know what I'm saying? Especially like if I'm like, because he's six years old, but trust me, they get competitive and I'm already extra competitive as it is. So I'm at the game. If I'm not coaching, I'm actually watching my son in a way to say, okay, like what what do I need to work with him on or something like that as well. And it was just the first year. So like for me, like all these first experiences, I, I, I wanted to myself. Now, family, like my mom, of course, comes to the games. My dad has come to the games and everything else like that. But, um, but no. But the girl I, can't come. I haven't, intru- <laughs> I haven't, listen to me. I haven't, I have not introduced my son. You understand? Like, I have not given my son. You have not introduced your son to your girl? I have not, intru- the girl you're I have not introduced him in that way. Like, what you mean? Like, okay, this is daddy's friend. Like, that's not daddy's girlfriend or like anything else like that. You know what I mean? So it hasn't been introduced in that kind of way so everybody is the friend there's no there's not a lot of everybody's no that's not what i would wait but but no but, but no, no no i know i know what you mean i'm just messing with you i haven't got there yet you know what i mean and i just haven't got there okay i'm gonna let you go ahead on and say that it's just a touchy situation with my kid and like i said before i'm i'm, I'm actually trying to find a place with the balance of it, like I know now, and I'm sure you know now, you're not supposed to do this thing alone. You definitely need some. No. You definitely need some help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm 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 kind of conflicted and torn, literally because of what I saw and what the way that I was raised. My mother never introduced me to a boyfriend. Never. Wow. I'm not saying did that. Did she have one? Did she? Did I don't she know. When you were older, did she have one? No, no. Honestly, like I love your mama. Hey, I, look. <laughs> let me tell you something. So, like, I was at the Hall of Fame, sitting watching my boys go in, and um, I had to call my mom and thank her for recognizing the call over my life that I didn't see because Aww. a praying mom is incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I was a nut. At some point in time, and for a long time, you should just do a lot of wild stuff. 
And it wasn't until I actually had my son that I realized the purpose that it, that that it made more sense. Like I know why God kept me here because I I put my life on the line in a lot of crazy ways. That's amazing. So what was it like growing up with your dad, being such a superstar? As a kid, I just recognized all the attention, of course, and I knew my dad was a baller. I like it was easy. I was born the same day of my dad's first college game. I, I was oh, there, wow. yeah. So I was there for the whole ride. Him and my mom were childhood sweethearts. They met when they were like twelve oh, years wow. old. So, so how did they co-parent? Uh, well, we were in Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and my dad was in Dallas. And so, like every basically every oh. school vacation, you know, summers, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever it was, you know, what I'm saying I was with my dad. You asked the question earlier, so like, and then I had mentioned. When I asked my mom, like, did you ever get some? And so she like, yo, I used to let my hair down when you go stay with your dad. You know what I'm saying? But when you came back, so. I was going to say, mom right. got her life, Christmas, you know what I'm vacations. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm Summertime. saying? So, yeah. But yeah. Um, growing up, I, I love watching my dad play football. And, I, and like the town that we grew up in, you know, like everybody was a Dorset fan. And everybody knew. There's five boys and two girls in my dad's family. And my dad is the youngest boy. And if you talk to anybody at home where we're from, they say he wasn't even the best football player out of his brothers. My dad tells me he was trying to be like my uncle. And my dad is in the Hall of Fame and one of nine football players to ever do what he yeah. did in football. And and people at, at home actually say, oh, man, your daddy wasn't good as your uncle. So, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely been in us. Uh, the fortunate side of it, you know, we people talk about my dad so much, but my dad was the number three pick in that draft that year, and my mom's and my cousin, my first cousin, Gary Jeter, was the number seven pick of the draft on my mom's side of the family. So we got athletes on both sides of the family. Like Ty Law is my cousin on my mom's side of the family, not my dad's side of the family. Wow. So, so how did growing up like that influence um, how you parent Hawk? You know, it's just it, it's, it's made me keep him close to the cuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I, I see a little bit of everything, and um, but it, it's, it's helped me because I can teach him so much. Like, growing up, I didn't understand. Like, my uncles and my cousins just come up to me like, oh, these people, they hating on you. They don't like you. These boys really ain't your friends for real. And I was young and naive. Like, what you talking about? You know what I'm saying? And then you start to see things. You know what I mean? You start to understand that there is something different about you regardless. And so, yeah. yeah and so with that being said, you know, I, I try to equip him with that knowledge right now. Let him know that you're going to be a little bit different because of who your daddy and your pop-pop are. So what's the greatest lesson that you've learned from your dad? And are you ready to pass that on to your son, whatever that is? Oh, man. You know, I really can't say this. just one thing. It's one saying that my dad has always said that I believe that rings in every part of life. And that's little things make big things happen. Wow, All right. And so if you pay attention to the little things, if you discredit the little things, you know what I'm saying? It can make big things happen. And in, in, in the realm of trying to chase greatness and be a football player and to be an entertainer and to, to do whatever, to have our shows, like you have to pay attention to the small things. You know what I mean? And once you get in, make the small things so habitual, those big things become that much easier. So we've come to the point in the show that we share our greatest takeaways from this episode. So, Anthony, since you're my guest, we would love for you to kick things off. Man, uh, first and foremost, do not let a situation with that woman stop you from being with your kid. 
You know what I'm saying? Your child does have it has nothing. He or she has nothing to do with the issues that you have with the mom. And same thing for the ladies. Ladies, like if and, and I say this, like there are dads out there who are trying to be better dads. Do not be angry with them and keep them from their kids. But I tell every dad that's in this situation, fall in love with your baby before it comes out the womb. You know, when that woman's carrying that child, that's when that love affair needs to begin. So whatever happens outside of that, it shouldn't have any detriment or act to control anything between you and your relationship and the kid. Once I found out I was having a kid, I, like at that moment, I knew I had to fall in love with the situation. So don't use baby mama drama as no scapegoat. Man, just figure it out and uh, be a part, uh, influential part of your child's life. We need it. And the child needs it because the only person who suffers is the kid. Yeah, yeah. So so. that's such a beautiful message and it needs to be said. Yes. I just, I I, I hate to see people in situations where, and I I hear, oh man, I'm mad at my baby mama, so I ain't seeing my kid. Or it could be the other situation around, the baby mama's is mad at old boy, so she ain't let him see the kid. And that's not putting your child first. That's not. That's not at all. I said before, you gotta. You don't have feelings. When you have kids, you don't have no no rights to your feelings. Mm-mm. That's done. No. <laughs> it's your kids' feelings first. Definitely. Period. It's Definitely. not the baby mama feelings. It's not my baby daddy feelings. It's how does the baby feel? How does the kid benefit? Yeah. How does the kid suffer? That's what matters. All that. I think my biggest takeaway is that we always seem to hear how being a single parent impacts a woman. But Anthony... You have openly shared how intentional you are about the sacrifices you make to being a real father to your son, Hawk. And as women, we know and understand how it impacts our work, our dating life, and our finances. And it was just really nice to hear how you truly realign your entire world to revolve around your little guy. Because You value your role as Hawk's role model, his hero, and his dad. It's so beautiful. It really, truly is. This has been so insightful, Anthony. And I thank you for your openness and willingness to share your story with us on Under Construction. Hey, man, congratulations on your show, too, as well. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you, Anthony. And hopefully you'll be seeing me on one of these these shows the next, next football season. I'm trying to get back in it to myself. Period. Well, you need to. You're very well spoken and a great guy. Thank you for coming to Under Construction. Um, That message was amazing. That really did touch me because sometimes you do have to get reminded, especially when your baby daddy or baby mama has worked on your nerves for the day. Lord have mercy. You have to remind yourself that it's not about you. Yeah. Yeah. Period. And I mean. And it's not about the circumstance. Man, it's about the kids. That's growth. It takes a while to grow, though. It takes a while to grow. Well, y'all, we've blazed through another episode. Can you believe it? I'm telling you, time flies when you're having fun. And as always, I truly enjoyed sharing this time with you. If you have any questions or suggestions for an episode, please feel free to hit your girl up at ucwithtamar at gmail.com. I love you. I mean it. You can find me on the gram at Tamar Braxton. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you're listening. And if you happen to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, go on ahead and rate and review the show because I read the comments, my team read the comments, and it helps the show. We'll see you next week. 
Under Construction is a production of Mosauce, a Stitcher brand. It's produced by Angel Lavis. Our recording engineer and sound designer is Rashad Smith. Our executive producer is T-Square. Music provided by Radio, an audio everywhere company.